As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa, and on this podcast, we focus on wellness, beauty, style, planning, and life. Basically, life is messy, and here we learn to live well anyway. So join me on this journey as we figure it out together. And just to get us started, I'll go first. And today, I am going first with my good friend, Katie Deckett. It is the first in a series of episodes that we are going to be doing to end 2021 and start 2022. So this episode is all about our reading lives from the last year. And let me just say mine has not been so great. I will say since we recorded this episode, I have made a ton of progress on my December goals. So woo woo, that's exciting. You could follow me on Goodreads at Mackenzie Coppa to find out exactly what I have been reading in the month of December since Katie and I recorded this episode. But I am also talking about all of those things in my reading life on Instagram. So if you don't follow me over there, then you're going to want to make sure to head over and follow me at Mackenzie Coppa as well. I love connecting with you guys there. I love talking with you. It's one of my favorite things about this job is getting to connect with all of you and what kind of episodes you like and what is resonating with you and what ideas you have that were sparked from the podcast or books you're reading or whatever it is, make sure you drop a line over there. I would love to get to know you better. And also, I would love to get to know you on a whole nother level in Patreon. We have so much coming up in the new year, as we always do. A ton of stuff to be helping you with your goals, especially with our new tracker planner that we are coming out with that you can actually download, you can print off, you can have bound if you want it at Staples or Office Depot or wherever. And it's a way for you to actually keep track of the real progress that you are making in your life. So you have something to look back at and say, okay, this is what's going on with me or with my body or whatever. We're going to be diving into that a ton in the new year. And I'm also going to be having office hours for our Eliza level Patreon members where I will be in the Zoom room and they can pop in there during specified hours throughout the week to get extra support or accountability or somebody to just brainstorm with. It's going to be a really good time and hopefully really helpful and beneficial to those ladies. And we would love to have you be a part of it. So come over and join us at patreon.com slash live well together. All right, without further ado, let's get on with this episode where Katie Deckett and I talk about our reading lives in 2021. Welcome back, Katie. Hi. I am excited to have you on because it feels like it's been a little while. 
And we've got a couple of fun, like end of the year episodes that we are going to be doing over these next couple of weeks before it's actually 2022. So I'm excited for this one because we kind of do it every year. It's like the breakdown of our reading lives from the past year and looking forward to the next year. And although my reading life was fairly pathetic in 2021, I do feel like I have some different insights about it than I have in the past. And so I think it'll still be a good conversation. Oh, it will. Anytime you talk about books, it's right. a good conversation. Yeah. And it just fills up people's to be read list yeah. <laughs> from what I've heard. <laughs> so, um, and I wouldn't say that like a lot of what I was reading this year was next necessarily like the latest stuff to be coming out and that sort of thing. But I mean, a lot of times I haven't, you know, read a lot of the things that have been suggested. So hopefully this is a fun conversation for people to listen to and gives them a little bit of inspiration into their reading life for the next year. I did do an episode, I think by myself, like a month and a half ago, we'll link it in the show notes, but it was all about like how to overcome. If you have been struggling with your reading life, this thus far this year, like some tips and tricks for kind of getting on top of it and some different book ideas and that sort of thing. So this is kind of like the culmination of that. I do feel like I picked up my reading life a lot more once I decided like, okay, I'm going, I do, I miss it. I want this to be a part of my life again. I'm going to move forward with it. And so that has been refreshing. I feel like I'm getting my leg up on my goals for next year, but yeah, what we're going to go over today is a little sad, <laughs> So, <laughs> but you did very well with your reading this past year. I guess I did. We just, before we started recording, I counted and yeah, I mean, I would say I read every night before bed in bed on my Kindle. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have a big streak because that's kind of how I fall asleep. It's just a habit. And, um, and then you kind of get through a whole bunch of books that way. It looks like so, (laughs) but I think for me, that's, those are two huge things that probably have dramatically increased my reading life is the accessibility from the Kindle. Like Mm -hmm. I can get anything pretty much immediately that I want to read. And that was not true with the library, especially because I like more um, current books. And so I'd be on a list, I'd wait, you know, like you just, and then you devour it while you have it and then you take it back. And then there's a limbo between the next book and some of that's fun. But then also I, if you want to read habitually before bedtime, it's nice to just have that access. Yeah. So, um, and, and having the backlight on it, you know, like I'm not mm-hmm. turning on a light, like that has really helped as well. And one thing, as I'm looking at my list, I noticed that I did is once I liked an author, I read a book I liked, I kind of devoured all the books that author had written. And I did mm-hmm. that for a couple different authors. And that's sort of a fun way to go too. Like if you really enjoy their writing style to just keep keep with them until it starts to feel formulaic. And then, yeah, you know, then I would probably move on, but, um, but I definitely discovered some favorites this year. Yeah, I think I did too. And then it's also been fun because some of those authors who in the past, I have really loved their series or whatever. And I have read up the whole series. Then 
when it comes to when they're like that next year, I've, I've already read everything when their new book comes out for that series, then that's really fun. Or they just come out with a new book period. Then it's fun because you already know like, oh yes, I'm like, I'm waiting for that author to release something because I know that I like the way they write and whatever it is, is going to be really fun and good. And so that's, it's nice to kind of have those authors or those series in your back pocket. So it kind of like fills out your reading plan. I know you probably don't plan (laughs) like I do, but Mm. it, it fills out, you know, like what books you're going to look forward to reading in the next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, (laughs) I probably have the opposite problem where sometimes I can't choose those books that are like, because I just will do nothing else but read. Like I will literally just stop my life to get through it. So sometimes I have to pick a book that's not quite that good because I only want to be reading it. And it's really the only time I genuinely have. And so, um, yeah, so I've got to, you know, savor those really fun, fast books that you just can't put down for like special once in a while, but not not habitually because I'd be in trouble. Yeah. You mean <laughs> laundry like, would <laughs> You mean like December when you're trying to add like a good 10 books to your reading list? Yeah. Like you legitimately read this year and so you just pick like really easy reads and you're going to fly through all of them? Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's a strategy. <laughs> yes. It certainly is. Um but yeah, I agree. I think that well, one of the things I'm looking forward to, and we'll first, okay, back up, Kindle. I have to talk about the Kindle too, because I think it is the number one game changer for my reading life. I definitely wouldn't even be reading the amount that I am if it weren't for the Kindle. Mm-hmm. And this was the first year that I really realized that the Kindle was keeping tabs on me. <laughs> like, I didn't know that before, that it was like actually noting my reading streaks and all of that kind of thing, which for me is a huge motivator. And right at the beginning of the year, they got me, they got me so good because they were like, guess what? For January, you can earn badges. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. Like that was such a big deal for me. I had my longest reading streak according to my Kindle that I've ever had in the, you know, four years that I've had my Kindle, I read for 37 days in a row and I read every single day in January. I I got every single badge, everything that they put out there (laughs) that you could get, I got, but then it was like, well, I don't have as much motivation. (laughs) I'm not earning badges (laughs) anymore. And so things started to taper off. Like I really, I went back through it today and I looked like, okay, why, why is my reading number so pathetic this year? What happened? So things started to taper off a little bit in February. March was pretty scarce. April was non-existent. That's embarrassing. (laughs) May was like maybe two days or something dumb, but that also was the month that I was officially in a relationship. So that was all very distracting and exciting. And then it started to slowly pick up throughout the summer till about September. I was like, okay, let's, let's up our game here. 
let's start to try to make more of a reading streak. October, I really tried to like, I'm going to read every day in October. And then I read one night, like right before midnight. And I read it on my phone Kindle app and it didn't register. And Mm. so then it broke my streak and it was sort of like a baby out with the bathwater thing. (laughs) Well, fine. Then you're not going to keep track of my streak. Then I'm not going to read. So I didn't let it go completely, but it was very disappointing. And then November, I think I've been a little bit more reasonable with myself. Like, okay, I already broke the October streak. So I'm just going to do the best that I can. And so I think that that has been pretty good. Like I've only missed a few days and I haven't beat myself up about it. And I've been trying to look at the overall month number instead of the streak number, because that can be very discouraging. And now for December, I'm like determined again. Okay. I'm going to read every single day, but it is, it's that same kind of thing. I think the things that have helped me this fall to read more is just purposing to do it every night before bed. Actually, a lot of times when I will read is I will go over and hang out with hot boyfriend for a little while in the evening while he is gaming and I'm not interested in what he's gaming in. So I will read and he can play whatever dumb game he's playing and I can read. And so that actually has like helped me to do a lot more. And then as I've been shuttling people all over the world, um, I always keep my Kindle in my purse so I can read on there. And I've been listening to a lot more audiobooks, And so that has helped my overall reading number as well. Okay. Now, so, when you yeah. keep your Kindle in your purse, do you have any trouble having it when you need it right before bed? Well, I generally bring my purse to my bedroom Okay. at night. So I've kind of, yeah, I usually have it. Because I've struggled with that. I love how slim it is. I love that it fits, you know, I could very easily take it with me, but I almost feel like I need one for my purse and one for my bedside because if yeah. it's not there when I need it, I'm a little thrown and I don't want to have to walk all the way downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Who would want to do that? Right. But I almost need like a car Kindle or a purse. Or yeah. You know what I mean? Has, yeah. Do people do that? Do you have secondary Kindles that are locked into the same account? Um, I think you can. This is something I am having to wade through because I got Emerson a Kindle for Christmas mm. because I don't want her reading to log on my Goodreads. And so I am trying to figure all of that out. Like, do I have to get this child her own Amazon account or like, what is this going to look like so that things can be sort of separate? I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, But I think you, you could have more than one Kindle. I haven't really, I mean, most of the time I bring my purse to my bedroom at night. So it's just not been too much of an issue. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just something I need to. I need to investigate because like reading is definitely my entertainment of choice given any other style or type I would choose reading. But it's if I'm reading mainly on my Kindle and I'm picking up my phone to get on the Kindle app and read, it just, I, I feel like I'm on my phone. It's not, I'm not drawn to it in the same way I am with my actual Kindle, which looks more like a book. Yeah. So no, I, would I like agree. To solve that dilemma. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't like reading off the Kindle app nearly as well as I like reading off my actual Kindle. I'll do it in a pinch, 
like if I just don't have my Kindle with me or whatever, but I much prefer to use my actual Kindle or a book. Yeah. I would yeah. choose those, you know, more often than not. And I have one book that I keep in my car, um, for like emergencies, but it's so long in between. Like I lose, yeah. it, so I'll just, I'll pick something else. I'll do something else. So I just yeah. need to kind of figure this out. Well, and see, here's my dilemma with real books. Now, this is so dumb. And you're going to be like, oh, of course it doesn't log on my Kindle <laughs> that I've read. <laughs> So I still have to read at least a couple of pages on my Kindle and then also read from a real book if I'm reading a real book. No, I totally understand what you're saying. My workout this morning did not log on my i my iWatch. And I feel like, did it happen? <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. Did it even happen? Yeah. I don't have a record of it. I know. <laughs> there is something I need that recognition, even if it's yeah. just for myself. It's a thing. It is. Yeah. It's a mental thing. It is. Like reading isn't that thing that I struggle with, but working out is. So if it's yeah. not logging, I'm like, oh dang it. <laughs> yeah. And the reading didn't used to be something I struggled with so much. I think these last couple of years, especially everything has felt so hard and so heavy and so busy that a lot of the times I just turned to distraction. Mm-hmm. And so it was more about even, even over audiobooks, which I feel like I used to consume a lot more of. It is turning to podcasts instead of audiobooks and you know, if I'm going to wind down with something in the evening, it's been reality TV that I blame you for. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's been a lot harder. I also, my Kindle isn't waterproof and I can put it in a Ziploc to use in the bath, but generally I'm like shaving and stuff in the bath. And so I just put on the reality TV when I do that during my nighttime routine. So it did take a little bit more intentionality as I was like, okay, I'm not just going to be distracted all the time. Like I'm actually going to make this a priority again. I like when I'm a reader, I like the way that I feel. I feel like it wakes my brain up. I feel like I have more interesting things to talk about and like, it just makes me feel smarter. And like, I like having a lot of random facts in my brain. And I feel like even when I'm reading good fiction, especially if it like transports you to a different place or like there's somebody where you can tell the author really dove in on this person's career and like learning about it so they could write about it in an accurate way. Like I still feel like I'm learning things. Yeah. So I, I like when I'm a reader, I just sometimes like have to get out of that mode of distracting myself and getting back to actually doing it. Right. Making it a habit. I totally agree. You're more interesting. You genuinely are more interesting when you have something to offer or when you have thoughts that are happening in your subconscious because you're putting, you're feeding it with better things. Mm -hmm. You know, I really enjoy that feeling like your brain's popping. Something's Mm -hmm. happening. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that has been a part of what I'm like aiming to do also in the next year is make sure that along with the rom-coms that I genuinely enjoy reading because they're just like fun and a break from the day and I can just be totally immersed in it. It's easy. It doesn't feel hard. I can get through them. I can up those reading numbers, which makes me feel good. But 
interspersed with those, I'm going to try to be a lot more intentional over the next year of reading and or listening to books that are a little bit harder or a little bit headier. So, you know, along with books that are more like history focused, I want to do a lot more of those, even if they're fiction, like historical fiction, sometimes those are harder and heavier. Mm -hmm. I want to put myself in a place to be willing to like kind of go there a little bit more this Mm -hmm. next year, which I haven't been really letting myself because it was like, Mm -hmm. my life is hard enough. No, I don't want to read about World War II anymore. But um, I think I'm going to go there a little bit more. I've definitely picked up enough of those books off of Modern Mrs. Darcy's daily Kindle deals. Like I've got a plethora of them. I just need to like say like, okay, I'm going to read some of these harder historical fiction books. But then I've also started reading and listening to a little bit more like sciencey stuff and like things that like hot boyfriend came home from the library last week with the book and I was like, oh yeah, that looks so interesting. Like there's no way I would ever read that tome on biofeedback and mindfulness for blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But then he was like, so are you going to read this book with me? I was like, why? And then he was like, just listen to the first page. And he read me the first page and I was like, oh, well, you wouldn't know by the cover, but it actually is pretty readable. And it is addressing a lot of the things I've been struggling with, like stress and anxiety and like things to help you with it. And I was like, oh, shoot, fine. I guess you're right. Did you really make the point? Don't judge a book by its cover. I did. (laughs) I did. Because it's legit. Like that book, I was like, I wasn't going to go near it with a 10 foot pole. (laughs) Because it's thick and it's like it's a very like heady looking cover and I said oh what was it that came up oh I said because I've been also listening slowly to In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti which is also like very sciencey and can be kind of heavy and she makes this point about like how so much of medicine is based on studies done on men and there's very little information that has come from women. And so when he was like, are you going to read this book? I was like, does it even pertain to women? Like for real? I mean, or is this all just based on men's bodies? (laughs) And he was like, just totally off the cuff. He didn't even realize he was like, look, it's written by a woman. And he was like, it's written by a woman. (laughs) It's like, is there a problem with that? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) He was like, no, but he also didn't realize that it was written by a woman. And so I did think that. Oh was my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so now he has to read it too. All right, ladies, let's take a couple of minutes to talk about hormones. One of our favorite subjects, right? I know it can be a real bummer because we have a lot of hormonal fluctuations in our life. Everything from our cycle that spans 28 days, unlike a man whose hormones recycle every 24 hours, we've got constant fluctuations and also throughout our life with premenopause and menopause and everything. And it can really wear on our systems and our bodies and our brains 
things. And sometimes you just want a solution that helps you to be able to kind of regulate everything out and not have a bunch of hormones that you're taking. And that's why I want to tell you about Bonafide, a new sponsor of the podcast. Basically, Bonafide is a company providing natural solutions for perfectly natural symptoms. Bonafide was created to give women an alternative to effectively relieve the symptoms that accompany hormonal fluctuations within their body because every woman deserves relief without compromise. Bonafide has a gamut of products that you can choose from, dealing with all kinds of symptoms, from vaginal dryness to menopausal hot flashes and night sweats, vaginal itching and discharge and PMS. I mean, let's just be real about it. These are things that women deal with. We shouldn't have to feel ashamed about it, and we should be able to access resources that are actually going to help. And Bonafide has done the work. The ingredients in every Bonafide product are the result of thorough research, development, and clinical trials resulting in every product being scientifically validated. Safety is their top priority. All products are made with safe yet powerful ingredients that are completely free from hormones and without alarming side effects. And their products are recommended by over 8,100 doctors across the country. Over 33,000 women have used Bonafide products and found help from them because they are just that good. It's a non-prescription solution that treats women's health issues using ingredients from nature as often as they possibly can to maximize the effectiveness and relief. And they're constantly coming out with new products. So give Bonafide a try today. No hormones and no prescription required. Real relief without compromise. To get 20% off your first purchase when you subscribe to any product, go to hellobonafide.com and use my promo code LIVEWELL. That's hello, B-O-N-A-F-I-D-E dot com and code LIVEWELL. That's L-I-V-W-E-L-L for 20% off at checkout. And you can also find this link in today's show notes. Thank you to Bonafide for sponsoring Live Well Anyway. Now, is he a reader? He is. He, I think he kind of gets in and out of it as well, like with life. But yeah. we recently had, like, they're redoing a bunch of the libraries in our city. And one of them that is pretty close to us opened. And he was like, well, that'd be fun if we took the kids to the new library and we got them all library cards and everything. Cause like we used to live in the county and now we live in the city. So I hadn't gotten a new library card in years. And so we went in there and did that. And then he started getting stuff from the library and kind of getting back into reading again also. But cool. He yeah. picks up these tomes that yeah. I'm not at all interested <laughs> until I'm like, okay, fine. His taste is questionable. But yes. <laughs> well, it's just, he likes to like, he wants to go deep into yeah. stuff and, and read the harder stuff, which for me, I will say it does help if I have the audio version of some of those things. Like I definitely with, with that biofeedback one, I was just like, I'm just going to get the audio. Cause I know I'm never going to sit down and actually read it, but mm-hmm. I can listen to it while I'm making dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's my plan. Yeah. I can see how that would work because your, your mind can, you're doing something, you know, you're not focused too much on no, what is this thing? You're just taking it in and letting yeah. your brain do the work. That makes good sense when it's something challenging or something scientific or. Yeah. And some of those books, like in the flow, I am listening to the audio, but I also have the hard copy so that when they reference things or it's like work on this thing, or here's a chart of 
the foods to eat or, you know, whatever it is, I have the actual copy to go back and reference and look at, especially if it's something I want to dive into more, but it helps me to at least get that cursory read out of the way by just listening to it. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good tip. Cause I struggle with audiobooks for that reason. I want to hold it. I want to see it. I want to underline it if I need to, you know, or mm-hmm. I highlight it if I'm on my Kindle. Um, but I want to keep the words. And it, when I listen, I feel like they're there and they're gone and I don't yeah. retain it as well. But if I, a lot of times, if you buy a book on Amazon, it gives you the audio along yeah, with it. That you whisper that? Sync. Like it, I guess that's what it is. But often the book that I'm reading in hard copy is also an audible option in my Kindle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I found that to be interesting. Like, I don't mind listening. I just have to be able to hold it. If it really means something to me, I have to find it and hold it and take it yeah. in that way. So I, for me to enjoy an audible book, I would also have to have access to the print, but yeah. I definitely think it's, it's helpful. If it's something I really want to like learn from and apply, then I, I get both. But I know that I'm more likely to get through some of those harder things if I have them on audio. Yeah, that's a really good tip because I, I think if it's a hard book, I would challenge myself to read it. But if it's a hard book, maybe I need to challenge myself to listen to it more than just, because I know I'm not going to retain it is what my logic is. But you're bringing up a good point that like, you can just take it in while you're doing your normal life and reference the print if you needed to, but not, not yeah. force yourself to go through it that way. If it's yeah. not as enjoyable. Cause I just, I know I'm, I'm probably not going to take the time because I'm never going to feel like I have the time that I want to dive in like that and sit down with the book and study it and write the notes and do all of that kind of thing. And so yeah. this kind of frees me up to be able to just listen to it. Or like I've taken advantage a little bit more this year of some of the audible sales that they would have where it's like pick from these titles and you can get two books for one credit or whatever. And so I did that a little bit more and it, while it limited my options, it also kind of forced me to pick books that I maybe wouldn't necessarily have picked in the past. Yeah. And that has been so interesting. Like right now I'm listening to this book called the girls of atomic city, and I would have never picked this book up to read, but it's about women who went to this like reservation is what they called it in Tennessee that they created during world war two to work on the A-bomb, but nobody knew what they were doing there. And nobody knew when they were headed there, what their jobs were going to be. Everybody within the compound doesn't really know what is happening in other parts of the compound. Like it's, it's very interesting and how women came from all over the country because they needed work and they were finally becoming part of the workforce and kind of like all the different jobs that they had there. And, and it's super interesting but I never would have picked it up on my own and it would have taken me a really long time had I ever picked it up to read it myself. Mm. That sounds really good. Yeah. And other ones that I just am like, you just, you have to do the audio. It's non-negotiable are celebrity memoirs. Like why would you do it any other way? Because they're so good at what they do, except for one that we will discuss in a moment that I am disappointed by, but, um, 
even like I read or I listened to this year, who thought this was a good idea by Alyssa Mastermonico. And she was like a chief of staff, I think, for Obama. I would have never, never picked up this book. But again, it was on one of those sales and it ended up being so good. And it, I was recommending it to everybody because it didn't matter like what side of the aisle you're on. Like she has so much life advice. And it was just so interesting to hear how she rose up through the ranks to have that kind of a job. Mm. Like it's, you just, you don't hear from people that often who, who get in there and are working in the white house and like yeah. how that even happens. And so it ended up just being super interesting and it was really cool to hear it in her voice. Or I also listened to this one. It was another one from one of those sales that's called whatever you do, don't run. And it's the tales of Now I can't, of course, see it's too small. <laughs> True tales <laughs> of a Botswana safari guide. Never would have oh picked this my. book up on my own, but, and it wasn't read by the author, but it was, the author is Australian and it was read by an Australian guy and it was so good and so crazy. And I just, I, not something that I would have, you know, otherwise thought of to grab, but it ended up being really funny and insightful and just like lots of crazy stories in it. So those were really fun. Mm. books that I wouldn't have otherwise picked up and they were definitely worth it to listen to on audio. That's cool. Do you listen to many audiobooks? Mm -mm. No. If I am going to intentionally listen to something, it's going to be music or a podcast typically because I want to get all the way through it. I don't want to chapter by chapter. Like I like to like a podcast. I'll just sit and whatever I'm doing, listen to the whole thing to the end. Mm -hmm. But a book it's too disjointed to me because oh. I'm, I'm not an auditory learner that I know about myself from all the years of homeschooling. I have one who is auditory and I am not. <laughs> so, yeah. so my brain is doing other stuff while I'm listening to something. And it's hard for me to focus, like to really take it in unless like we were saying before, it's something that you don't need to put your whole energy into. You just can kind of osmosis, get it yeah. in there and your brain will do the work. But if it's a story, I don't know. I don't want it broken up like that. So even well, on a car trip, it's not my, I'd rather read than listen. Um, see, and I get car sick. So yeah. <laughs> I don't have that option, but I don't listen to fiction on audio. Oh, okay. That is one of my things that like, I, I don't know if it's because I am a voice actor. So I have this bias or, oh yeah, you know, like I just, I don't like, I want to read my fiction and create their voices in my head the way that I want them to be and all of that. Yeah. But if it is nonfiction, then I'm much better at like with those headier books, reading them and having the hard copy, or I love listening to memoirs because I think it's so much fun to hear it in the voice of the person. Mm-hmm. So that's kind that. of what I turn to audio for. And then it doesn't matter to me as much if the story is broken up and I'm doing it while I'm doing other things. So, yeah. yeah, but I don't like to just sit and listen to it. Like I was in the car last night. I listened to an audiobook on the way to go pick up Roman from basketball. But then while I was sitting there waiting for him to get out, I switched over and was reading on my Kindle because I don't just want to sit not doing something while yeah. I'm listening. 
Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So I will say that my favorite book that I read this year, which isn't saying much because I didn't read very many books, but my favorite, favorite book, like I, this one, it's one that will sit with me for a long time. It's one of the best books I've consumed in a few wow. years, I think. Tell us. Oh my word. I might've even already mentioned it to you because I feel like I can't shut up about it, Okay, but it is born a crime by Trevor Noah. Holy moly. This thing came out. I don't know, maybe like five years ago, but so Trevor Noah is on the daily show. I don't watch the daily show. I don't really care about the daily show. I was only vaguely familiar with who Trevor Noah was. Um, but I've heard this book thrown around from time to time over the last few years. And so I was like, well, maybe that'll be interesting. He um, was born and raised in South Africa, like during apartheid and when apartheid ended and all that kind of thing. So maybe this will be interesting. Oh my word. Not only, first of all, he wrote the book himself. So many of these, you know, celebrities and whatnot, it'll say, so-and-so with so-and-so. And that really means that the celebrity told this person a bunch of their stories and that yeah. person wrote the book. Like, yeah. like Will Smith's new book, which they don't really talk about until you start the audiobook and it's like Will Smith with What's-His-Face. And you're like, oh. what? Because I heard the part of the interview where Oprah is sitting there saying, who knew you were a writer? You're so amazing. It's like, he didn't even write the book. What are you talking about? But Trevor Noah did write the book and then he performs the audiobook. Like it should have won awards. If it didn't win award, I should check. Maybe it did win awards. It should have gotten like a Grammy because it was incredible. He does all of these different South African accents. He does the voices of his mom and his grandmother and his great grandmother and his aunts and uncles. And like, they all sound different. They, his performance is just incredible. And then the story itself, you're just like from, and he sucks you in right from the very beginning, the introduction, he throws off this like one little fact right in the beginning that sends you reeling and then he doesn't address it again until the last five minutes of the book and you're like the whole time because it's something about his mom like something really traumatic that happened to his mom and you're you like your breath stops like you're like oh, no what and then the whole rest of the book, you're wondering, but what, what ended up happening to his mom? And then you don't find out until the last five minutes, like just those kinds of things that he was so masterful about creating. I, I mean, I was just blown away and it's hilarious. Oh my word, Katie, <laughs> hilarious. Well, I am looking at it right now. <clears throat> so what age would you say is it appropriate for like okay. teenage boys could they read it or is it is there language there is language okay my boys did listen to parts of it and I was just like if there's language just get past the language because he he has some interesting things to say about faith he I don't know that he is 
practicing any faith right now, but he was raised very staunchly Christian by his mom. And there are some things in there that first are interesting that I think he has to say about faith, but also hilarious if you have grown up around faith in any way. And he has like a whole section on communion that is, we were like crying. It was so funny. He has this whole story about prayer that you just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. My boys still like we'll reference it as a joke. Like it's become a thing in our family. <laughs> and it's so, so funny. I mean, like just to give you a taste. So he, you know, he lived where they didn't, they had outhouses, so they didn't have indoor plumbing. And when he was five, he decided like, I don't want to go out in the rain. Nobody's home. I'm going to just go on like newspaper and throw it away. But he forgot that his blind great grandmother <laughs> was in the house and she heard him going. To the bathroom. Oh my gosh. And so he ends up hiding it, whatever. And when his mom gets home, she's freaking out going there. The grandmother is going like, someone was here and there was a smell and I don't know what's going on. And they think that the house was demon possessed. Oh my God. And so they end up finding it in the garbage and they like, oh my gosh, all of the neighbors over to like pray over the house and they burn it in the front yard. And then, oh my God, tell him like you, Trevor, you have to pray because God hears your prayers. And so will you pray about this? And so he's like, he does the voice of himself at five going like, God, you know, like maybe you could like cut him some slack whoever did this because yeah. like maybe maybe they just didn't really want to go outside or like, <laughs> he does this whole bit and oh my gosh we were just dying so funny so yeah I'm putting that so maybe audible oh you have to listen to it you do not read this book his performance of it takes it to a whole different place like okay you have to listen to it but there is language so okay just know that okay yeah but I'm and I mean there's there's violence I mean it's during apartheid and there's a lot of crazy things but just like hearing the difference in the culture and like it, from somebody who grew up there I learned more about apartheid and what all of those dynamics were and all of that than than I ever did in school or anything else that I've read. I mean, the reason why it's called born a crime is because his mom was black and his dad was white and oh. they weren't allowed to have children. So he was literally a crime. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so, that looks really good. Okay. But then I got Will Smith's book thinking like, oh, this will be good too. Like so many interesting stories and he's an actor. And so he's going to like portray it so well. And I hate it. Oh, really? So I feel like he's overacting as he's reading it. So I I've, just love Will Smith so much. I can't even imagine. I don't want to have that association, but back yeah. to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air days, like I just, I just, I feel like I know him. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think together. they kind of all do, you yeah. know, like he seems like to be that very personable guy. And maybe as I get further into the audiobook, I will like it better. But I mean, like I pre-ordered it because I was just so certain that I was going to love it. Yeah. 
and it feels a little self-indulgent. It's like 16 hours long. Wow. Yeah. And it just, yeah, we'll Bummer. see. Bummer. We'll see, but, but I think especially in contrast to having just listened to Born a Crime fairly recently and that just like knocking our socks off to start the Will Smith one, we were like, oh, well, maybe not. Yeah. So. Mm. Okay. There's my diatribe on audiobooks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you guys, I want to tell you about a brand that I have recently found that I sought out and I did my research for and I'm now absolutely in love with, and that is Patch Aid. You guys, I wanted a different way to be able to access my supplements that I'm taking every day. I was taking so many pills. A lot of my kids won't even take pills. They don't really super love a lot of liquids either, and I was thinking, what other way could we access some supplementation and get great vitamins? and minerals and nutrients into our body without having to just keep ingesting more stuff, which as I was finding out, doesn't even always get absorbed all that well. Well, I heard about transdermal supplementation, where you put the supplementation right on your skin and your skin absorbs it. Our skin is an amazing absorber, you guys, and it has the ability to actually take in supplements much more effectively and use them in your body. And you don't have to worry about things like making sure you eat a meal before you take the supplement so your stomach doesn't get upset and all of that kind of thing. It just is able to access and utilize the nutrients in the best way way possible. So that's exactly what Patch Aid does. They have these little patches that you can put anywhere on your skin where you don't have a lot of hair. A lot of times I'll put them on my ankle or my stomach or the inside of my arm and I get all kinds of different supplementation from these. I have used their vitamin C which is a really high dose vitamin C which I really appreciate. The Patch Aid patches I found from my research had higher amounts of the supplement than pretty much any other supplementation patch brand on the market. I've gotten D, Omegas. I've tried their Focus and Clarity and I really like it. And I also am using their Relax and Unwind and it is just helping to take the edge off of all of the stress that I've been dealing with lately. And I don't want to go through the day without them. I am in love with these patches. I've also been able to use them on my kids really easily, which has been awesome. And then to top it all off, you guys, they are the most economical brand on the market. When you get a subscription to PatchAid, you're going to be paying about one third the price of other companies because they don't waste money on a bunch of marketing and crazy packaging. They just give you the goods and they give you the highest doses that you can get available. I can't say enough good things about how much I legitimately love PatchAid. So you can go and get a subscription to PatchAid and they are going to give you like 48% off of their original price. But if you just want to give them a try, you can also use Use my code to get 30% off and see if you like them. So shop through my link, which is patchaid.com slash MKK15, and you can either get their amazing subscription price or you can just give them a try and get that 30% off. And thank you so much for shopping through my affiliate link when you do your shopping with Patchaid, which again is patchaid.com slash MKK15. I so appreciate when you support the partners that I am working with and it helps to keep the lights on around here. So Thank you so much. Give Patch Aid a try at patchaid.com slash MKK15. 
let's hear from you since I've been talking straight for, I don't even know how long I should have paid attention to what time we actually started this podcast. (laughs) Um, But what were some of your favorite books from the year? Oh, now maybe that seems like an obvious question you would be asking me and I should be prepared, (laughs) but I would say favorite author. I don't know if I could do favorite book. Well, it doesn't have to be like one. You could Mm. say I enjoyed these. Well, I enjoyed almost everything from a new to me author. Her name is Leanne Moriarty. She's Australian. Mm -hmm. And I read all of them. I read everything she's ever written. And I love her as an author. For me, it was a segue because I usually choose historical Mm -hmm. romantic fiction or romantic fiction or, um, Kristen Hanna. I like Kristen Hanna. There's, Mm. it's not always romantic, but there is usually a romance in there. Um, but I, I have authors that I typically choose and it's, it's, I don't want to say lightweight, but yeah, it suits the bill for enjoying reading something before I fall asleep. Right. Yeah. That's kind of my goal. Leanne Moriarty. It is suspenseful. It's not romantic at all but not scary because I cannot, yeah. I cannot read scary things. I used to read like Patricia Cornwell, all of them. I loved scary books back 20, before I had kids. Now that I have kids, I can't, can't yeah. go there. I feel like my sensitivity level is just so ridiculously high. Yeah. Um, I can't watch Law and Order, like none of it. I just can't. So I'm very sensitive to too scary. And I would say it is not at all scary, but it is suspenseful and it does get you um, wanting to know what happens. And so if you were needing to read a whole bunch of books fast, I would definitely pick up one of hers or two or three, because you do kind of want to know, okay, what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. Also there's some Netflix um, movies that have come out from her books. So um, there's always that bonus to kind of see how it was interpreted after. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've really enjoyed all of her books. And I would say, I think I read 11, 12 wow. maybe this year, everything that she had. And then she had a new one that came out in September. Her newest was coming out in September. And by the time I finished the last one available, I had about a six day wait for the new one to be downloaded into my Kindle. And that was <laughs> agonizing. I was like, oh, which is another reason I don't always read like the current, you know, I don't yeah. like that waiting. I wanted to yeah read it when I want to read it. Um, but that was fun and I whipped through it and it was, I think her writing has improved as she's even gone on and she is not formulaic. She tries so hard. You can tell to not always have the same dynamic, you know, like with the Christian, it's usually a mother and a daughter relationship that's strained or typically, but then she varies like the ethnicity and the, the time period and all of that. But it's usually kind of drama surrounding the mother-daughter. Um, Leanne Moriarty is not like that. There's nothing that really ties in. She's so creative. So I would say by far, any one of her books was probably my favorite of the year, but her as an author, especially, I just, I really enjoyed her. Well, I knew you had mentioned her to me and I'd heard of her before and I knew a lot of her stuff was going to film, but I held back because of that whole like suspensefulness. Like I wasn't sure if I was ready to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I would say you don't have to be too concerned. I mean, there's enough suspense that it draws you as the reader in. 
and your brain is working like, huh, I wonder if this is what happened. Oh, maybe this is what happens, but there's nothing um, that stays with you in terms of like, the subject matter isn't dark. It's yeah. not gory. Okay. It's not violent. There's just something has happened for there to be a story, but um, it's not, it's not going to stay with you to the point that you're disturbed or, yeah. you know, yeah. So. Well, I think that's helpful to know because I like the only times I've read things that are like that suspenseful or scary, it was by accident. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I picked up a Trisha Goyer World War II novel and thought, well, I yeah. love Trisha. She's a friend of mine. I'll yeah. read this. And then there was like a murder and like all this horrible stuff. And I, yeah. I was totally taken off guard. Well, I, I think a lot of the World War II romantic historic fiction books I love are much scarier Be, and partly because they're true, you know, there, there's yeah. that element. Yeah. Of, so that it's a lot of that's darker. This is mm-hmm. more, well, and it's in Australia, so it's kind of separate feeling yeah. from us, yeah. but I love like the little taste of culture that you get yes. and just their terminology for certain words and, um, yeah. It, so that I just have really enjoyed. I feel like I've learned a lot about the Australian culture. Because yeah. I really deep dove into her, yeah. her books, but, um, but it was really enjoyable. Yeah. I do love that about fiction is generally I prefer non-American fiction. Like really? I want it to take, take me somewhere, take me to Paris, yeah. take me to London, yeah. take me to Oxford. Like well, that's I, true. Yeah. yeah, that is. I guess I kind of feel that way too because um Jojo Moyes, that's another oh, um, yeah, yeah. author and she has a trilogy and I'm just finishing the third in the trilogy and they're English and that's been really good. That's it's not the highest level of writing but it's yeah. nice for what I want it for where you get kind of wrapped up in the characters and then you go through three books. You really feel like you know them. Yeah. By the end of that and I I appreciate appreciate that yeah I would say probably one of the best books that I read nonfiction is um Finding Freedom by Aaron French Hmm. I don't know if you've read that one Uh -uh. or heard much about it um she and now it just got picked up on I think it's on the Discovery Network but she is a kind of a homegrown chef out of this very obscure town oh Shell told me about this did she? Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people it's on their, their list or they have read it. Um, especially right now because it did just go to discovery. So they yeah. got picked up and it's like, I don't know if it's like a little mini series or I don't know how they did it. I haven't seen it yet, but it's her life story, how she got to be where she is. She is a completely self-trained chef and she has created just this real sensation, um, in order to have a seat at her restaurant, you have to send a postcard and she has to choose the postcard and then you get a date, you know, maybe six months out. And, um, you know, Maine is across the country from almost everybody, (laughs) even even in Maine, it's like very obscure. So it's just fun. She's has all these people coming to freedom, Maine, um, to eat at her restaurant. And it's like, Oh, I just, there's a lot of language and she's had a lot of dark paths that led her yeah. where she is yeah but I genuinely ate that I loved the story and I loved how 
she even has kind of kept things offline. And if you want to see, you have to send a postcard. Like she's kept things pretty old school instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, putting it all on the internet and making it more accessible. She's like prohibited that and it's created even more of a stir about it. So, yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From her, from what Shell told me about her backstory, it just felt like, yeah, yeah. I don't know I if I want to avoid it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least for a few more years, maybe. Just, yeah. But, um, her, I follow her on Instagram now too. And that's delightful because she, she just has a great eye and the way she plates her food and the creativity with the local fresh ingredients. Oh, it's oh, really I fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just eat that up. I do. For sure. <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> and it's such a success story, you know, just a real um, fighting back out of darkness and doing something nobody's ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting and so creative. I love when you can read something like that, where somebody has just come up with this totally unique idea and it's taken off like that. I felt that way a couple of years ago when I read the Paris letters, I think is what it was called. And it's this gal who was an expat in Paris and she ended up starting a subscription service where she would paint a picture of Paris and write a letter and you could subscribe to get the monthly letters and it ended up just taking off. And she, I mean, she would make copies of them. She didn't write every single personal letter. She just did one. And then all these people subscribed to getting these letters from Paris and these beautiful little works of art that she would like do watercolors of. And it was just so interesting to hear how it took off. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, those are some fun ones that you came up with. Is there been, or is there anything else that stands out to you particularly about this last year? Um, Frederick Bachman. I've enjoyed some of his books. I don't know if you've read any Mm -hmm. of his before. Anxious people is the one that, um, I just finished, but there's a couple others. Very good. Really enjoyable. Um, one of them, our friend Amy was telling me about, and she said that she finished it on audible and she immediately restarted it. It was that kind of oh, book wow. where like, Oh, I've got to get back in there and hear more. And what did I miss? And, yeah. and so that I was like, okay, I need to read that book. And I've really been enjoying it. Um, the, the last thing he told me, is that what that's called? Laura, Laura. Oh, Dale I think or Laura so. Yeah. Did you read that one? I didn't, but I've seen it around. That was a good one. Um, and on that same level of suspense as Liam mm. Moriarty. So not like totally scary, but there is a bit of a mystery to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's... Were there any books you really didn't like? No, I don't think so. There were none that I stopped midway and was like, well, I'm done with you. I did go on a bit of a Clarkson um, <laughs> journey <laughs> yeah. because I read Sarah Clarkson's book this beautiful truth. And I loved it. Yeah. And then Joel Clarkson came out with a book called sensing God and I loved it. And then I read Sally's new one, help I'm drowning. That was fun to hear like all their different voices from the same family. Like Mm -hmm. I just, that was just my own fun. (laughs) I really, really loved it. Yeah. And Sarah's Sarah Clarkson as an author, I just stand amazed. I just love her word choice and her imagery and every sentence is something I want to underline and 
this particular book, the way she talked about beauty um, as a, just a very legitimate um, theological practice and mm. something, to, you mm-hmm. know, she just gave it so much credence and license to look at something, to make something beautiful and know you're doing holy work and not just yeah. something frivolous or something um, where you could be, you know, spending time doing something else that maybe would appear to be, have more subs, like substance to it, but the, mm-hmm. the beauty itself is part of the offering and it's worthy. And, oh, I just loved it so much. Mm. So, um, but it also is more personal to her story than she's ever shared before. Oh, interesting. Some of her own demons and, um, she has OCD and a very specific oh. kind of OCD that presents itself um, in a way where you have, you can't let go of these images of darkness and things happening to people you love. And it just stymied her, um, her growth mm. it, it, in every single way she, in her late teens. So she really had a battle and an obstacle to overcome. And she has fought back with beauty. And then she's gone on to earn her master's in studying exactly why that is a, a theological pursuit that is worthy so it's just it's fascinating and I yeah oh I loved it I loved that book but um, that's interesting I didn't know she got that personal yeah yeah she really did and I was stunned as a reader because I've read her works forever if you have read Sally and you follow Sally none of this had ever really come up I had no idea that she had been on such a deep battle Mm -hmm. but as an introvert and the way she processes it makes more sense kind of yeah that but um, she really was vulnerable. Well, and I remember Sally alluding to a child of hers having OCD, but I didn't know it was Sarah. Yeah. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated it on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. Like that this was her fight back. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I mean, you can understand her passion for it and, a different light, you know, when you understand yeah. which the darkness she's walked through. So and yeah. she does such a beautiful job of describing it and making you feel what she felt and um the helplessness and the darkness. She really was able to paint that and then also how God's beauty is a gift to it just it was so good. Hmm. I love that. I might yeah. have to pick that one up. I think I have it. I just need to read it. <laughs> Well, you should. I think I have multiple copies of it that were sent to me. So I should really get after it. You really should. You really yeah, should. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple. Well, I should start with some because I didn't really talk too much about fiction. I had a couple that I really enjoyed. I read Majesty, which was the sequel to American Royals. And I actually liked it better than the first book, which I didn't expect. It was released last year, but I read it this year because you told me to wait. And so you did. (laughs) Why did I do that? I don't know. You said something about it would bother me and I just trusted you implicitly. Was I right? (laughs) Um, No, you weren't. (laughs) You were not. But once I did finally get into it, I really enjoyed it. I think it was interesting because, you know, I always kind of compare American Royals with the Royal We, and they both had sequels in the last, you know, year and a half. I get those two so confused. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved the Royal We 
didn't love the air affair. I liked American Royals, but really enjoyed Majesty, the second book. So it was kind of the opposite with those yeah. two. Yeah. Um, I started reading Kate Claiborne and I, so her book, Love Lettering, I read at the beginning of the year and I loved it because it's about a woman who does hand lettering and she does like planners and she does like walls and like all the stuff that I have dabbled in, in the past, but she's made a whole career out of it and in New York city and, and like paying attention to the, like the words on signs. And, you know, I took calligraphy back all the way in high school. And like, so it's always been something I've been really interested in. And so it was fun to have that profession. So woven into the story, I thought she did a really good job of that. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, um, the flat share by Beth O'Leary, And I'm really looking forward to reading more of Beth O'Leary's work in the coming year because it's a fun little premise. This gal needs a place to live in London and she, but she needs really cheap rent. And this other guy, he has a flat, but he's trying to make some extra money, but he works a night shift. So he decides to rent his flat out from like 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. or something like that. And the whole thing is like they won't ever see each other, but they'll have the same apartment. (laughs) And so what he doesn't think about though is like when she moves in, she's going to bring all of her belongings. Like she's not just going to come and like sleep in the bed. Like it, she's bringing everything with her. And they say like, you sleep on this side of the bed, I'll sleep on this side of the bed, but they're never in the bed at the same time. Like it's so like goofy, but then this book ended up getting really unexpectedly deep. And she, it, it, I would have never picked it up if I had known where it was going to go because the gal has a really overbearing ex and she has PTSD from the relationship. And so that comes up and like pretty in depth of like the panic attack she's having and like him showing up places and all of this stuff, which obviously, you know, is very close to home. And I generally like avoid that stuff, but it was actually, it ended up being very cathartic and reading about this guy who was so the antithesis of what she had been with. And how they finally, even though they've been living in the same apartment for months, like how they finally end up crossing paths. And, and it was one of those stories too, where like, you kind of want to see it go a little farther, but a lot of books would just end like, oh, they got together and it's done or whatever. Like I thought this one did a good job of kind of like taking some next steps and it was much longer than I thought it was going to be. And it was enjoyable that it was longer. So I'm looking forward to digging into a little bit more of her stuff. Yeah. It sounds very thoughtful. Very. Yeah. Yeah. And well-written and yeah, it didn't just feel like totally surfacey and it, it had some, some depth to it. And plus it was like a really creative premise. So I'm looking forward to reading more of hers. There were a couple of things like the, I said at the beginning of the year, this was going to be my year to abandon books. Now I didn't realize that that meant I was like going to literally stop reading. Gonna stop reading. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we meant. Not we quite. It was 
like, you know, abandon the books that you're not interested in. And I think especially at the beginning of the year, I did that a lot. And then towards the end of the year, there've been more books that I've just been like, oh, I'll just stick it out. But I probably should have abandoned them because they just like weren't that well-written or they were incredibly predictable or I didn't feel like they went deep enough to make them like make me love the characters, Yeah, you know? And then this last one is the only one I'm going to say I just like really disliked, but I went ahead and read the whole thing because I'd already invested so much time trying to see if it was going to go somewhere. Okay. And it was called The Pleasing Hour by Lily King. Not at all. It was like, you know, follow this au pair as she goes and lives in Paris. And I love a Paris book. And like, that was not the case. It ended up being very dark and strange and jumped around a lot. Well, like well-written, good word choices, terrible storyline. You never really liked any of the characters. And then it, the whole book feels like it ends in the middle of a conversation. You're like, cool. Well, great. (laughs) Glad I (laughs) wasted six hours of my time or whatever. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. Well, I feel like this wasn't the episode I necessarily thought it would be. Like, never is when it we get never together. Is. Yeah, but I think it was really fun and it went a lot of places that I think will, you know, be a good, well-rounded episode about books and reading. Yeah. So hopefully it gives people inspiration for their years. I'm really looking forward to my little... Goodreads challenge being all curated because I love that at the end of the year when they show me, you know, the graphic of the longest book and the shortest book and the most popular book. And like, I can't wait to get that here in this next couple of weeks as it's coming out. Um, But yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading in 2022. I'm going to be a lot more deliberate about it. And I would love to hear from our listeners, like what they're reading, what their reading life has looked like, what they're looking forward to in 2022. Are you changing anything up about your reading life? Get a hold of us, like leave comments on the podcast show notes or message us on Instagram. Like we really want to have conversations with you about this as much as everybody loves listening to podcasts about books. We love talking about them too. So definitely don't be afraid to get a hold of us and and chit chat about some books. Absolutely. I yeah. love book recommendations. I downloaded one Audible and one uh, book on my Kindle as we did this. So <laughs> there you go. I collect those recommendations. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, thanks for hanging out with me this morning. Absolutely. That was fun. Yeah. So, we'll be back next week talking about all of our end of the year wrap up and are looking forward to 2022 and our goals and our words for the year and all that jazz all right all right i'll talk to you soon okay bye-bye bye. 
All right, you guys, that is it for this week's episode. As always, you can find our show notes by just swiping up in whatever app you are listening to the show on. You can also go to MackenzieCoppa.com and click on podcast and you can find the show notes to all of our episodes there. And when you follow those links, when you support us by actually clicking on those links and shopping through them or supporting our sponsors, it makes a really, really big difference to the support of the show. So I just want to thank you to all of you who consciously do that and shop through our links. You are truly supporting a small business when you help us out in that very simple way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, thank you to all of you who have left a rating and review in iTunes. That makes a big difference. So thank you for doing that or in whatever app you're listening to it on. If you give us a little review, it is very helpful to the podcast. And lastly, when you share, when you share on social media, when you tell a friend on the phone, when you help get the word out about Live Well Anyway, it makes a big difference for us to continue to reach new listeners and just continue moving this thing forward. So thank you so much to everyone who does that and is an active supporter of the show. I couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week with our final episode of the year where Katie and I take a look back on 2021 and our goals and our words and all of that kind of stuff and wrap up the year. All right, ladies, until next week, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.